to not in the word. And, um, you know, there are times we go through our life that we we encounter things that we don't have answers for. And we wonder why, Lord, do you have me here at this time, at this place? But the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I do not believe that you will ever find yourself in a place or in a time if you're a child of God, where God hadn't designed you to be where you're at. Because any time you go through something, uh, God has got a reason for that. He sees uh, uh, the end from the beginning. And um, it's all in His perfect will. I believe that we all have a plan and a purpose and a destiny that's ordained from God. And sometimes God has to uh, let us go through things. Sometimes God has to take us places that will birth something greater in our life. And I have found myself in those places many, many times. Some things that we go through with in life, we never will get the answer of why as long as we're here on this earth. Amen. But what we do need to do is always trust God. Depend upon Him. I spoke a message um, like this similar several years ago. And it seemed like God has um, um, drawn me back to deal a little bit more on this subject tonight. If not to help somebody else that is here or that is watching live stream, we're live streaming now, um, maybe to help me because um, I have been um, uh, doing some struggle and questioning God about certain things and um, praying over certain things. And uh, so um, what I say tonight is God always knows what we need when we need it. Hallelujah. So we're going to read a scripture this evening found in First Samuel, the 22nd chapter, in just the first verse. Hallelujah. We want to welcome everybody who is watching. Um, live stream tonight. Praise the Lord. First Samuel chapter 22 and the first verse. Uh, the first verse, that's the second verse. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just give me just a second if you don't mind. Okay, this is what it reads like. David, therefore, 
departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went uh, down there to him. Let me read that one more time. David therefore departed from there and escaped. Notice he, he was escaping something. He was trying to elude something, get away from something. And we'll tell you more about that briefly. He went down to a cave by the, the cave by the name of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Let's pray. Fathers, we come tonight. We thank you. Praise you for the services on today and also tonight. We thank you, God. We've experienced a great time here tonight through testimonies of so many people, and we are reminded, God, of what a miracle worker you are and how there's nothing impossible with you. And now for the next few minutes, I'm asking for your anointing to rest upon me. Give me what you would have me to speak tonight. Encourage hearts. Lift up that person who may be finding himself in a place that they don't understand and wonder why they're there. Speak to them. Encourage them tonight. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. God bless you, and you can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you on a subject titled tonight, From a Cave to a Crown. Like I said, I've talked about this one time before, a long time ago. Let me talk to you about going from a cave to a crown. Um, if I could somehow, and I, I, I'm a... Uh, I'm a daydreaming person. I I daydream a lot about different things. And um, I often have uh, wondered and daydreamed, you know, if time travel were possible and you could have this magic machine that you could get into and set the date back uh, thousands of years or forward, or, um, you know, what, um, what would that be like? Well... If we could get in that um, uh, machine tonight, and if we could transport back in time, back in history, to the history of Israel, let's say um, a thousand years uh, before the birth of Christ, and knowing now that we're 2,000 years since Christ, a thousand years before that, that means we would go back in time at least 3,000 years. If we could do that and then get out and we could uh, uh, begin to go and to proceed down um, a small country road outside of Jerusalem uh, to a little hamlet, a little town by the name of Bethlehem. We could go out into the hill country and we could see shepherds watching over their flocks in the same manner which they were doing the night that the angels appeared and told them about the birth of Jesus. But if we went back 3,000 years, somewhere in that setting, as we would be walking around the hillsides of Judea, outside of Bethlehem, um, um, we would find a young boy. Um, maybe he'd be sitting under a shade tree. And this, um, this young boy um, 
would be easily identified because this young boy would have a harp in his hands and he would be strumming the chords, amen, and singing psalms to the Lord which proceeded out of his heart, amen. And he would be sitting there and he would be playing, amen. And um, as he was watching the flocks of his father, amen, uh, there, and that's how how come we got so many, 150 psalms a day? Because the um, uh, psalmist David wrote many of them that way. Uh, this boy would be named David. Uh, he would be the youngest of eight brothers uh, from the loins of an Israelite named Jesse. Uh, the scriptures declare he was ruddy. In other words, he was red-haired. Amen. He said he was um, good to look upon. He was a handsome young man. But there was something about David. Amen. The hand of God had rested upon David from his birth. He was born with a purpose and a plan deep within the soul of this ruddy, fair-headed, complected boy. He had a destiny to be birthed and a crown to be received. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad tonight? Amen. For the calling of God in our lives. But even even after a prophet by the name of Samuel come along, Samuel the prophet anointed David. Amen. But even after he had an anointing placed upon him, there were still many battles to be fought. There were conflicts to be in, encountered. And an overall emotional roller coaster ride, if you please. All of which were designed. Listen to what I say. They were all designed to lead him to a cave. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. How many knows, amen, that just because you've been anointed by God don't mean that you're not going to have emotional situations in your life. You don't mean that you don't have, still ain't going to have battles. Hallelujah. Amen. It still don't mean that you're going to be on a spiritual roller coaster at times. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. But it wasn't, it wasn't going to get better until it got a little bit worse. Because as a child and growing up, everything that David went to was taking him to a cave. Taking him to a cave. Why in the world would God be doing things that eventually would lead David to a cave when God had much more planned for him. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. That cave, the cave that David wound up in, listen to me, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. Glory to God. That cave, hallelujah, Amen. Uh, that that, uh, that he wound up in turn would be the womb of the birth of his destiny. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope it's somebody is hearing what I'm saying tonight. That cave that God, amen, was leading all through his life, amen, to get him there. Glory to God. Amen. It was going to be the womb of the birth of his destiny. And from there, receive a crown designed by God 
for him to wear. God was leading him from a cave to a crown. Can you give God some praise? A lot of people, they give up on what God is trying to do through them. They give up on what God is trying to lead them to simply because they don't understand the process that God has taken them to get there. God had, Brother Paul, a crown waiting on David. But the process, come on somebody, the process that he had to go through wasn't easy. There was all kind of things coming up that he was going to encounter. But those things God was preparing for him. Amen. Even before he got completely grown. On the way to the cave, he had to go through a giant. Oh, can I tell somebody here tonight? Lord, God, God is trying to take you somewhere. God is trying to lead you, amen, to a crown of some situation in your life. But before you get there, God has got to have you take down some giants in your life. Hallelujah. There's been some giants in my life. Amen. And sometimes when I think I got the giants conquered, they raise up their ugly head again. You know what? Now this is just my this is just my opinion, my viewpoint. But when David took that rock, put it in that sling, and he did this number and he let her go. And it hit into the head of Goliath, a man that we know was over nine foot tall. Personally, he fell down. Amen. Out cold as a cucumber. David ran, remember, and got his sword. And what did he do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Personally, I believe if David hadn't have pulled out the man's sword and taken off his head, that that giant would have eventually laid there and got back up. Because it's very well possible that he was just knocked out cold and not really dead until he took off his head. Oh, there's a lot of people needs to quit playing with the devil in your life. Come on, somebody. How do you keep getting whooped over and over again? God says, amen, don't just knock it down, destroy it. David had to destroy the giant in his life, and you and I have got to do the same thing. Sometimes, sometimes we, we give up because we don't understand the process of development. And that's what I want to talk about. First of all, two things I'm going to talk about tonight. Number one, the process of development. How God takes us through a process to get us from point A to point B. David wound up in this cave. I told you a while ago you was escaped. 
If you go back a little bit further, you'll find out he was escaped from King Saul. Saul was trying to take his life. Saul was jealous of him. Saul couldn't stand him. Hallelujah. He was destined to be on the throne, but that destiny would never be fulfilled without a trip to the cave. Because something birthed in David there in that cave. From the time of conception, let's talk about a, any baby when any child is born. From the time of conception, when the spark of light is lit, a process begins which will ultimately decide what type of child is going to be born. Hidden in the womb of the mother, a process of development takes place between the chromosomes and the other building blocks of life that will decide if that baby's going to be a boy or girl. It will decide whether or not it's going to have brown hair or blonde hair or green eyes or blue eyes. The same process, only in a spiritual sense, took place when David, after he was anointed, that, um, that was on the conception of his destiny. Hallelujah. He did not step into the throne at his anointing or conception. Follow it. Brother Bobby, when Samuel went down there and, and talked to Jesse and all of his sons went before him, you know, one at a time, and God told Samuel, no, this one ain't right, this one ain't it. Finally, he said, well, don't you have any more? We all know the story. I won't take the time to go, go through that. When Samuel poured the oil over him, David was anointed to be king, Brother Paul, but he didn't step right into that throne room then. Hallelujah. Some things had to be worked out. There was a process to go through. Hallelujah. Amen. He did not step into the throne at his anointing or conception. There was a process of which had to occur which would finally lead him to the cave where the birth of his destiny would take place. Somebody give glory to God tonight. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalms 142, 1 through 7. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the Psalm of David. And this is what he said when he was there in the cave. Notice there, it's a little thing over the chapter, a contemplation of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. This is a prayer that David prayed while he was there in that cave. He said, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. Don't worry. You ain't the only one that ever went to God and complained. But it makes me feel good. Brother Kyle, no, I ain't the first one that went to God and complained over something. Hallelujah. Hey, the Bible said David was a man after God's own heart, didn't he? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. 
He said, I poured out my complaint before him. I declared before him my trouble. Verse 3, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Anybody know what it's like to be overwhelmed? That's not a good feeling, is it, when you feel completely overwhelmed? I've been there. I've done that. Hallelujah. Then you knew my, oh, my God. Hallelujah. Then you knew my path. In the way which I walk, they have sickly set a snare for me. He's talking about Saul and all his cohorts. He said, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. <laughs> well, sounds like a modern-day apostolic. Don't nobody care about me. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Nobody cares for my soul. He said, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my prosecutors, hallelujah, my uh, persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. Let me tell you something. It ain't nothing worse when you know the hand of God has anointed, as you have been anointed. Hallelujah. And you know you have been called for something, but you're stuck in a cave. There ain't nothing that's annoying in that. Hallelujah. Knowing if you leave that cave, soul might be on that outside ready to throw another javelin at you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell somebody tonight, trust God. Don't fear. Hallelujah. God's got something good waiting for you. One of my favorite verses. And one reason why I'm it's one of my favorite verses because I have seen it. It ain't somebody, it ain't I just heard somebody else testify about it, but I've seen it. God made a promise. God made a promise. Oh, hallelujah. God made me a promise. He's made you a promise. If you're his child. If you feel with the Spirit, and that promise is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Oh, hallelujah. It didn't say it wouldn't form. It didn't say it wouldn't form. Hallelujah. But you let the devil try to pull the trigger, and it's going to misfire on him. Hallelujah. Glory to God, it's going to blow right up in his face. Because you are a child of a king, and God loves you, and he will not let the devil have his way with you. I just feel like God wants me to tell somebody here tonight. If you feel like, if you do, if you feel like David did when he made that prayer. When he hid in the cave, you feel overwhelmed by the circumstances you've encountered. It could be sickness, illness, 
could be finances, could be job-related, whatever, family problems. You feel alone and rejected without a cause. Surrounded by the cold, dark, and damp walls of a cave, far removed from the time of your anointing and calling from God. Oh, hallelujah. I've been there. I have gotten out of my bed in the middle of the night at 1.30 and 2 o'clock in the morning, slip clothes on, step outside my house, and just slowly walk around my whole house praying, calling upon God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seeking his help. Praying. Amen. Calling upon the name of God. Let me stop just for a moment. Let me stop and tell you the meaning of this word in the Hebrew. That word, not the name itself, Adullam, but just cave. The Bible said that he was at the cave, Adullam. I looked that word cave up in the Hebrew, and this is the definition it gave me. It says a cavern or dark den or hole. It comes from a root word. And man, this is what shook me up. It comes from a root word means to be bare or made naked. That's what this word cave originally came to be. From an old Hebrew root word, amen, that means to be bare or made naked. At this point in David's life, he felt like he'd been stripped of everything good in his life. Amen. He felt like he was stripped naked of everything. God, I felt your hand upon me that night that I was anointed when Samuel pulled the hole upon me. I felt something run through me. I felt the hoobie boobies all over me. Glory to God. Amen. But I'm so far from that. Glory to God. Here I am in this cave. Here I am in this dark den where I feel like I've been stripped. I've been disrobed of everything. Where is that promise, Lord? Why can't I feel the warm, tender touch as I did when Samuel poured the anointing oil over my head? Let me ask you a question tonight. Have you ever been there? Can you relate to what David was struggling with in that cave of Dullam? Let me tell you that God has not deserted you. Look at somebody and say, you ain't been deserted. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It may feel that way sometimes, but God has not deserted you. He knows where you are at and the path that you're on. Remember what I read in Psalms 142, verse 3? When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. God knows where you're at. He ain't forgot what you're doing, what your struggles are, 
He knows all about that. Hold on to him. Let me move on to part two of my message. The birth of a destiny. The birth of a destiny. I don't have much more. I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to wind it down from this point. There in that, in that damp cave, when everything seemed to be against him, a conception was taking place. Something was being birthed by God. I'm telling you, when David came out, finally come out of the cave, he went in alone, but he didn't leave alone. <laughs> Glory to God. Brother Bobby, when he come out of that cave, his life from that point was forever changed. Nothing would be the same anymore. 1 Samuel 22 and verse 2. Now, that's the verse, amen, that we had up there first, but the one I want to read now. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, Everyone who was discontented gathered to him. This is while he was in the cave. Amen. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. I used that scripture one time, Brother Paul, and I preached the message titled, God's Unlikely Army. Don't that look like a, like a crowd of crew? Uh, not anybody you'd really want to be uh, over in the army. Look, who was was it? Was these uh, decorated soldiers? Was these men that done fought a couple tours of duty? Amen. Some of them got uh, 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 you know uh, decorations hanging from them. No, who were they? They were people in distress. They were in debt. My Lord, some of them didn't. I done been to them quick check cash places one time too many. Some of them, I done lost the chariot down there where it says, amen, come along, we'll loan you money on, the, on your title of your vehicle. Hallelujah. Glory. They were in debt. Everyone who was discontented gathered to him. My, my, my. Some people would say, man, that is not a, like, a likely good army whatsoever. But I'm telling you what, God works in ways, amen, that men don't understand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm here to tell you, and I'm glad about it. God does not look for perfect people to do his perfect work. I wouldn't have a chance if he did. God used those people with all their problems, and he turned them into an army that would be mighty men to help David run the whole kingdom of Israel when he walked out of that place. There in that dark, damp, dreary cave where David had restored um, uh, uh, to, God returned God turned the cave into a womb which would give birth to a king and fulfill his promise and complete the process which he had undergone for so long. Woo! Maybe that's not encouraging to you, but man, it encourages me. Glory. Where does that leave us? 
I got two scriptures more, and we're going to close. Where does that leave us? What about the process we are undergoing today as a church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will be, I will be honest and open. I have prayed lately, and I, my prayer hadn't been exactly the same thing as David prayed, but it was the same thing and similar. I have prayed and said, Lord, I know it was you who placed us right here. I didn't achieve it. Nobody else did. It was you. We have seen miracle after miracle. Financial blessing after financial blessing. But yet... Amen, when my, my heart hungers to see you people come into the kingdom, get a hold of God, not just baptize somebody and then not see him again. Hallelujah. See babies give birth that you see begin to grow in the Spirit and in the Lord and do things for God. I says, Lord, I know there's a reason. And I've wondered this morning in our service this morning when the Holy Ghost moved in like he moved in. It wasn't pumped. It wasn't primed. Didn't nobody just beat you over the head and tell you to worship or nothing like that. It just began to flow in the Spirit. God spoke to me as I was on that keyboard and saying, if you just take the time to look, I am working a work right now. I'm not through with this assembly right now. God said, I'm doing something. I'm doing something, something that's happening under, just like you sit back and you allowed me to give you this building. You sit back in the some way and continue to trust me, and I'm going to fill this building. I told almost like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for anybody who is struggling in any kind of way over anything, maybe it's a child you can't, you've talked to till you're blue in the face, and they still won't come to church. Trust God. Don't forget up. Don't forget what God has promised you when you're in the cave. Because it's in the cave. If you trust God, it's in the cave where God will birth something miraculous in your life. Psalms 138 and 8. 
the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Woo, hallelujah. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hands. The first part of that verse, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. That's a verse that every morning when you get up, you ought to look in the mirror and you ought to claim that. Hallelujah. The Lord is going to perfect. He's going to bring it to completion. He's going to fulfill it. Hallelujah. That which concerns me. That's not good just for preachers. That's for every child of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. God will not leave you in the cave. Philippians verse 1, chapter 6, the last verse. Paul said, being confident of this very thing. That, that means he's got few doubts about it. Is that what being confident means? Hallelujah. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It wasn't, it wasn't me, it wasn't nobody else that started the work of God in my life many years ago. God was the one who started the work in my life. God was the one who started the work in your life. And the same, don't try to mess around and complete something that God started. You'll mess up. Hallelujah, you'll mess up. But if God started in your life, he's going to bring it to completion. My mua, hallelujah. Glory to God, stand to your feet.